Like, herons are not cool fucking birds. Okay, no. Cranes are not cool. Hello, and welcome back to the Egg Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host. The fire. Oh, Lord, how it burns. It scorches the skin, boils the blood, blackens the bone. Oh, how it burns so. Jay. And joined, as always, is my co-host. The Hooks. Christ almighty, the Hooks. Oh, how the, they rip and tear my flesh and soul to iron not but scraps upon the floor. Z. How are we doing today, Z? <sighs> Pretty good. Oh, that's good. I clipped a lot in that last part. I, I can only imagine why. I'm a lot right now, actually. Hmm. How are we doing today, Z? Pretty good. That's good. Did you like that opener today? Yeah, no. It's a classic. We've been waiting on that for a while. Yeah, I came up with it because I'm crazy. But it's no, actually... No, it's inspired. Yeah, it's actually a reference to um, uh, Brano Sandoz, <laughs> Stormlight Archives. The prelude to the Stormlight Archives. Yeah. The very confusing fantasy prelude that every book needs. Classic stuff. Classic stuff. Is it really a fantasy series if it doesn't have a, a prologue that just throws you right in with no explanation? No, absolutely no explanation. Why would you need an explanation? What are you, what are you some kind of some kind of ninny? Cottonheading ninny muggins? What is this? Uh, uh, some kind of more approachable genre of fiction? Unlikely. No, no it's not. Unlikely. So we saw The Eternals today. Marvel's, Marvel's The Eternals. Eternals. It's just Eternals. I hate that it's just Eternals. I like it. Why isn't it called The Eternals? I like, like it. The I Guardians or The Event. Oh, no. Avengers. Or The Avengers. No, it's just called a Avengers. A definite article is much better. It's called 2012's Avengers. So. No. Is that Avengers Assemble or something? Yeah, in other, in other jurisdictions, in other regions, it was marketed as Avengers Assemble. Huh, interesting. I think because in England they had a thing already called The Avengers. No, they did. It so was some movie. I don't remember it who was, was in it. It was to distance it. Yeah. Makes sense. I think Ray Fiennes is in it. I think he is in it, actually. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> All right. Marvel's Eternals. So, hmm. I think overall, Jack, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but essentially have the opinion that we're, we're probably not as down on it as some of the worst reviews, but we're not I, also, up on it either. I think we were close enough that we can't, can't emphatically disagree with any of them, can we? No, we can't. It, to put it lightly, once this movie ended, I looked at Z and I said, <laughs> they're not going to win their Oscar. <laughs> Yeah, we said that last week. Which might be the title of this episode. Can't win. Uh, not going to win that Oscar. <laughs> not getting that Oscar. Um, and it makes me wonder if like some of the disappointment around this movie doesn't doesn't just come because of how heavily they hyped it up. Yeah, Kevin Feige was really like, this movie's incredible. I love this movie. Like, you know, good on him. I guess he loves them all. They're all his children, kind of. In a sense. In a sense, he kind of birthed it, but like a lot of, a lot of weird things. It did reference the comic... Eternals, the run of new games, yes. more than we anticipated it would. I think I would, yeah, I would agree because we talked about last week. We, well, I've read that in the past, and I, I as as with everything on the show, I forced me brute to do forced it. you into doing it before this movie. And um, but we, I think when we were getting some of the earlier promotional stuff, we were like, oh, it doesn't seem to really go in with it, but it it carries over more than I, yeah, than I would have guessed. Yeah, uh, most notably, I think would be Sprite storyline. The mm-hmm. Golden Celestial, which I was like, oh, that that kind of, that's the first thing I think they do is to do the Golden Celestial. It's a little different in context, but yeah, yeah. In, in essence, they mm-hmm. use the similar, um, I guess, motif kind of. I don't know. Yeah, and like the story, yeah, like kind of the the thing they have to do the the climax of the story is stop, similar in that stop way. a sleeping, stop it, yeah, sleeping from, Celestial. From this time they're more successful than in the comic because in the comic he just wakes up, um, but then he just chills there judging them. Yeah, he's like he is, yeah. So things that we let's do things that we liked first. All right, things that I liked: Kit Harrington's Black Knight. 
He yeah. was great. I agree. Stand out for me. Not a lot in it, though. We talked about yeah, very, it. Yeah, very... A little disappointing because of that, but... Other things that I liked. I thought... I kind of liked all the Eternals. I thought they were all, for the most part, written pretty Yeah, so... Well. This is, like... Potentially, right? I think you could argue, like, the most... The, the most sort of stacked cast of a Marvel thing ever. Besides, like, a... Besides, like, Infinity War or something. And, like, I think... Yeah, I agree. And the thing about that, though, is, like... The Marvel movies made a lot of those actors into A-listers, right? Like, obviously, oh, we have no way of knowing. But, like, I think the reason Chris Hemsworth and, and Tom Hiddleston are A-list. Any of them. Yeah. Is because of these movies. Well, there's that famous article from uh, 2009 when they announced yeah, the, the Thor. Yeah, they were exactly. like, Marvel cast the nobodies, Chris Hemsworth. and they turned out Yeah, to the be... two of them in particular were literally literal nobodies, essentially, yeah. before this. But even, like, Chris Evans and... Anthony Mackie, like, name him. I think almost anyone who's been in the Marvel movies has had a career boost because of it. Whereas this, obviously, being, a, you know, 10 brand new characters and new actors, a lot of these actors are notable because they had such, they've had such significant careers prior to this, right? Right. Tom Hayek, Angelina Jolie, the guy who's Rob Stark, whose name I can never remember. Richard Madden. Um, Kumail Nagiani. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. The guy who plays Festos, I know he's in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what did, what did you like about the movie? No, I would agree. I liked overall. I did enjoy all the actors and and like the characters. I suppose I like they were different, right? Like they obviously had personalities and stuff. I think they did a mostly good job of setting them all up as convincing, fleshed out characters. Yeah, which was a concern because introducing ten people from scratch would be hard for pretty much any kind of movie. Well, they don't know? stick around too long. They start. They would. That's down true. A lot, which I I kind of. Didn't I kind of figured they'd have to do, because like introducing ten new people is a lot, because then that's just ten new people we got kicking around for anything, and it's like it's like we always say like, how do you have like a convincing story if you're like well there are ten ultra powerful superheroes running around on top of the ones we've already got, you know? Yeah. So they kill. Well, spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Well, Who obviously, like everything always spoilers. Yeah, we always say it seven minutes too late. So they kill. Ajax, Ajax, uh, Gilgamesh, Icarus, in a okay. sense, Sprite. Yeah, kind of. But that's yeah. it. Just the three of them are the only ones who definitively die. Yeah. Um, I thought I was for sure Athena was going to die. I yeah. didn't expect her to survive the movie. I Everyone else, I would have as well. Um, I think my favorite of them was probably Sprite. I found that she had like an, a lot of interesting stuff going on. Mm. I liked. I like Kingo. Kingo was pretty good up until the end. Yeah, so we we talked about that coming out. He like we didn't. I didn't kind of realize until we were talking through it. And I was like, he just didn't do anything in the climax. He just kind of left. He actually just is absent and then stay. He's just like, I'm leaving. I can't decide. I can't. I don't want to pick sides in this. And then he just doesn't, which I guess is interesting in its own way, but also feels like a bit of a cop out. I mean, they kind of set him up really well too. Like his argument made sense. Like it wasn't like. He had like a weird thing that they couldn't justify. Like him being on Icarus' side kind of makes sense. No, he had the most reasonable. You could argue like of almost any of them, the most reasonable stance, which was that, yeah, he likes Earth and he likes the people there. But he also is pragmatic enough to say, hey, this these billions of lives are not worth countless other billions of lives. Like just from a simple, you know, the simple math. It's a simple calculus. Correct. So and he wasn't like, but he's like, I'm also not going to kill you all to do it. Yeah. Like, You're also my family, so whatever happens, happens, I guess. 
So I guess you can kind of respect him for that. But it does it did feel weird that he wasn't there at all. Yeah, we joked that uh, Kumail Nagiani just had like Silicon Valley season four or five to do at the <laughs> yeah. time. And they're like, well, we can't really get him. So it's a little disappointing, but it makes sense. It's not like they just kicked him out because they didn't have anything for him to do. Like his, it, it made sense logically. Mm-hmm. Icarus kills himself. Yeah, by throwing himself into the sun. Yeah, which we found quite strange. I literally turned to you as it happened in the theater, and I said, "It's very on the nose." <laughs> just a little bit, a little bit on the nose there. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he's literally Icarus, and he literally flies into the sun. Yeah, to kill himself, I guess. Because he, um, he was too prideful, and I really, I don't know, I suppose he might not be, he might not actually be dead, right? Like, I guess there's a chance yeah, of that. I it's sort it. of a common trope among that kind of superhero archetype, which is to say, the Superman archetype, right? To throw himself sun into stuff, the sun. right? Yeah. And obviously, Superman derives his power from the sun, and there's, like, storylines where he lives in the sun for All-star Superman. Yeah, yeah. Hyperion is, like, a Marvel version of, another Marvel version of Superman. He... Obviously, he's called Hyperion. He's all about the sun. The Sentry has survived being thrown into the sun before. He's all about light and the yeah. void. Even though Norman Osborn said, hey, it's still in your head, man. So I think there's, I mean, and again, obviously, he's Icarus. So, like, I think there's a chance that he's not dead. Yeah. Strange regardless. We, You and I both had the thought when it was happening. was like, oh, he's going to go, like, explore the world, the universe, and, like, somehow and get his head right and, and decide. Because he, he's clearly conflicted and he's going to, you know, work it out somehow. No, he just dead. killed himself, I guess. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, he's dead. Yeah. Quite strange. Uh, other things I thought were weird is that Kit Harrington decides that he's going to fight a god with the ebony blade. Yeah, we talked about that. that um, we'll, we'll probably get this a little later, but yeah. That's strange. He, like we said, overall we were a little disappointed by that, as much as we liked him, that he did not have very much of a role in this at all. But really. Yeah, it, it almost, because we... I mean, I guess it makes sense, as we mentioned before on the show, that, like, Black Knight doesn't do this stuff. Like, this is not his wheelhouse. He's mm-hmm. magic, and he is, mm-hmm. like, he's magic. He just does a magic sword that is purely magic and does that. And the Eternals are science. Our magic, our science disguises magic. They're that kind of realm. Like, yeah. it's Guardians. They're not, like, Doctor Strange. Very high-concept sci-fi. Yeah. Which, obviously, can be confusing, because if it's, like, well, if all magic is just science, what's the... Why is right. it? Yeah. Just magic is just science. To, science, yeah. Magic is just science. We don't understand. Yeah, yada, yeah yada. But, but it is kind of just magic. Yeah. So we always did think it was a strange inclusion. But at that, at this point, it's almost like if they wanted to get Black Knight in there for whatever reason, and I think he's a fine enough inclusion to the MCU. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Probably gets a little later. But we talked about last week of like, yeah, all the way down, even even up until this very week, we were like, hey, Eternals, still kind of weird choice. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think you could argue that maybe Black Knight is also. A little more of a of a character, but I think it works well enough. I like. I really thought the end credits scene were gonna be better than they were. I mean, the second one was good. Yeah, I guess we'll talk about it later. I'll get into it later. But just no, I expected more out of them. Mm-hmm. More about the actual movie itself. Uh, one yeah, of, one they, of my, t- they hyped him up a lot. I saw a lot of people like losing their minds over this when yeah. this this movie like it changes the, the game. That's yeah. the reason to go to him. And we'll talk about why because we have a little theater story to go with it. <laughs> But back to the the film itself as a whole, I don't know, I just I just kind of thought it doesn't, some of the things that you shoot don't make a lot of sense, like Druig, for him in particular, his powers are to control people's minds. He controls, mm-hmm. like, he can seemingly, from what he says, control every human on Earth at once, if yeah. he so desired to. Like, he's that powerful. But even, not even like, oh, when they were on Earth thousands of years ago, when there weren't as many humans, he could. He says it, like, in the day and age. So we can assume that he knows how powerful he is. 
in the comics, Druid can also control minds, but he also shoots fire, so he has an yeah. offensive ability. And Ajax has an offensive ability as well in the comics. We don't, I don't know what it is. Some cosmic power stuff. Yeah. But he's told that he can't interfere with humans. So I don't know why he's even there. Because there's no way he can fight the deviants if he because they don't really have minds to control. He can't like mind control them to kill them, kill yeah. each other or themselves. Like he's kind of useless in the fight with the deviant. He just fights with a gun. Yeah, the only time we ever pretty much see him using his powers, it's in defiance of his mission. Right? It's he used it to break up that bar fight or whatever you call it in Babylon. There, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Hey, you're not supposed to do that." He uses it to try to stop the fighting in Tenochtitlan, and they're like, hey, you're not supposed to do that. The only time that it kind of works is when, like, he calms them down in the very beginning when they, they find, like, the first Mesopotamian yeah. Fertile Crescent. But other than that, like, yeah, why is he there? And it makes even less sense in, um, in the context of this movie where they kind of changed the Eternals' origins, which is they're not just evolutionary offshoots of, you know, leftover from the creation of humanity. They're literal, like, robots. Bioengineered beings of some kind. Yeah, yeah. like, literal, like... Androids, in a sense. Tech, yeah, biomechanical beings of some kind. That literally were just manufactured, essentially, to, like, um, Arashim's exact sort of specifications. Which, yeah, makes you wonder, why does he have those powers? And why can Ajax only heals? But why? Like, I guess that makes sense because she's just a healer. But why is Sprite mm-hmm. just illusions? Yeah. Like, it's not, if they're all made for a purpose, why are they the way that they are? Yeah, and, like, there's not a lot of parody among the Eternals, is there? No. Like, Icarus is just far and away the best of them. Oh, 100%. Why and, wouldn't she make them all that good? Yeah, and Gilgamesh is kind of close behind. Yeah, Gilgamesh, um, Ikari, Thena, I guess. Yeah, they all... hype up Thena a lot as, like, oh, she's the best fighter of them. She's the greatest fighter from Olympia. She's all this, but, like, She's probably, like, the fifth best Eternal yeah. fighting. <laughs> and she's not, like, there's no Olympia, so that doesn't even really count. Well, no, but they think. It. Yeah, in their minds, they think that Olympia is real. That's another record. Like, there's a, we should say, it, we, we mentioned up top that, like, a lot of, we were surprised by, actually, how many, many things were carried over from that comic. There's also a, a lot, a lot that is changed. I would say more has been changed yeah, just straight up about the general, like, lore of the Eternals themselves. Yeah. Like, in comics, Olympia is a city. On Earth, like on Mount Olympus, like is in the myths, and that's where they live. It's not a planet that they come from. It's like the the place from Greek mythology, because obviously they all have like names and stuff that are inspired by. And obviously in the universe, it's it's the other way, right? They've inspired mythical names. characters. Like their names are all close but spelled differently. Like Athena yeah. is just Athena. Yeah, right, right. Icarus obviously is Icarus. Icarus. Like Fastos is Hephaestus. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Gilgamesh is like a is he a biblical guy? No, he's um Mesopotamian. He's a hero yeah, from Mesopotamia. Yeah. He's yeah, the it's, first... like a, it's like an epic, right? Yeah, the epic of Gilgamesh. Yeah. So like some of that's cool and some of it's I think I think some of it's maybe an improvement, and I think some of it's to the detriment of the Eternals. I think some of it's like less interesting than it is in the comics. Oh yeah. As far as the stuff we liked, I really liked all of the flashback stuff to the past of humanity. Yeah, I think that was interesting. I, I liked how they're like interacting with them and learning their ways and all that. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously, yeah, like we said, they started in, like, the, the very beginning of, like, civilization in the in Mesopotamia there. And then they moved to Babylon when that was the center of Western civilization. And then they moved to the Gupta Empire when that was, like, the, you know, like, the golden age of that when that was, like, the most significant society on Earth. I don't know how they ended up in Mexico, but 
that's actually was probably the most interesting one to me. That was like a because really... that, that's when they break up. Yeah, that was and that was a cool. Uh, I don't know, maybe cool is not the right word, but that was certainly an interesting time period to go to mm. to show like, hey, it's not. It's it's. It, I think it was a good choice because I'm sorry to cut you off, mm-hmm. but to um to show like them not just when it's cool like yeah when when no one's when they're just fighting deviants and all the humans live together in harmony uh-huh. it's real easy for them to be eternals because there's nothing to stop but when like they're just being slaughtered yeah and they have to stop but like in druid says like they could just he could just stop it exactly. all right now it was a very i think a very interesting and good choice of of a setting to show the weight of their mission their non-interference yeah like because i don't know i probably would have thought of a dozen other historical events moved before that but like that is that was really powerful it's like because the um is it, oh god it's the aztecs right in tenochtitlan um, yes i i believe it is it's that they have like they had a truly advanced society and like they have those great pyramids like they had great works and stuff like it's it was very impressive and like to see these yeah obviously these two humans these two groups of humans tear each other apart in such a like a brutal way mm. for like, no reason like yeah that would draw on them and like there's you know there's not parity among those groups right it's not like some war that's like at, you know at the very least quote unquote fair like um Drew talks about like they've advanced so far that it's not fair any longer their their weapons are too good and like they're they're dealing death to each other on such a massive scale and obviously that comes up later with the Hiroshima, Hiroshima. like yeah it's it's clearly weighs heavy on them the what they have to do especially are. Festus it weighs heaviest on him I, I thought that was very interesting how he like helps them advance and he feels responsible because if he didn't like help them, maybe they wouldn't have gone that way because he kind of gives them the tools to advance maybe quicker than they should have. So I just, that's just a very interesting one thing that we, we noted is that their accents of these actors are all over the place. Yeah. Especially Druid. His, I don't know. His accent sounded like he's from nothing against the actor. I'm sure. He's fine. From South Wales, some from the English Isles, I believe from what it sounded like. And it's, very thick at times. Something that's hard to kind of take him seriously because it's so thick and it's kind of hard to understand, um, at least for me. No, I would agree. And I would say even Richard Madden had that and um, yeah, Salma Hayek. Like yeah. They all have... Th- it's it's not even so much... Like, it's weird that they all have different accents as well. Yeah, they, right? all, they all have, like, different from eth- different ethnic groups' accents. I mean, obviously, that's just who they are as actors, but just for the Eternals, you think they'd all speak the same? I mean, you obviously got to do, like, the suspend your disbelief of, like, why... Are they speaking English? In- yeah, they all... But sp- whatever. Like, that's that's kind of beside the point. Mm-hmm. They um, all speak English, and they all speak the other languages pretty easily. Like, the Babylonian and Spanish and whatever. Yeah, let's see. Barry. Yeah, he's Irish. Yeah, you can Drew, definitely tell. Yeah, Drew Jactor is. And yeah, like, Richard Madden as well. I literally, I think he was the first one I turned to you, and I was like, hey, the accents, man, they're taking me out of it. He's yeah. like, yeah, he just sounds like Rob Stark. He yeah, just he sounds really like... Does. My father told me it was crime to bear steel to your liege lord. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. Like, and he's like, what is, what is he doing over there? Yeah. Okay, Rob. We get it. We get Sean it. Bean about to be here? <laughs> Sean about to die again? Just bring Sean Bean. Hey, it's me, Sean Bean. Oh, deviant Because, like, Kid Harrington's tuning, toning it down. Yeah. From, he's not doing the Game of Thrones voice. He's like, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just doing a more normal British accent. Because, like, it's that thing from Game of Thrones where they all copy Sean Bean's accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Weird, weird choice that they didn't make them have them all make an effort to not have accents. And I think probably part of it's because like there's a big part of this movie from the production side was like 
representation also yeah i it's no big deal really yeah, but it is a little goofy at times here and him have this, this supposedly a million year old alien have a really thick irish accent <laughs> even like, though he, he doesn't hang out in ireland what's he doing like if, if they were like oh we found you in ireland i'd be like well i guess that makes sense yeah that might yeah that would help uh but it's just when he's like saying all these points that he's justified in when they're in new mexico during the massacre about like how he can help them and how their mission seems kind of screwy and and fucked and then, but he just sounds like he's just out of the pub. Yeah, kind of takes away from it. Mm-hmm. One thing I did think also was weird was their name for their like weird insanity. I don't get why that makes them like murder robots. I that's that's a very good point as well. I I also thought that a couple times. I, I didn't really get it. Why? Yeah, why having your memories be weird would make you want to kill your friends? Like I get that. Like I I do understand the concept of uh, like the memories wearing them thin and no, going yeah. breaking their minds. Very much, I agree. That is an interesting concept. Like like they say, your mind is is crushed under the weight of its own memories. That uh, makes sense. Like another, and, it's another funny enough reference to kind of ties into Stormlight because yeah. of the um, the heralds, which are like these thousand year old kind of heroes from the books. I don't, we won't spoil too much. Yeah, it's but kind of an accepted they're thing. They're super old, and they're all kind of crazy because yeah. they're they've they've had thousands of years of living, and their brains can't do it anymore. They can't remember what happens when. I think a lot of fiction addresses that when you're talking about immortality is that at some point you just you can't remember things. Like, yeah, because even as Eternals, clearly they're they're better than humans, but a million years you, just, you can't remember it all. A computer can only remember so much. Exactly. It's accept. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Like it's generally accepted that. No matter what you're talking about, no matter what kind of being or entity it is, at some point, um, your your memory is finite. Yeah, you can't remember literally everything. Your like your brain will just not be able to. Mm-hmm. The neurons just can't fire like they can and make pathways through your mind. So yeah, let's talk about Sprite specifically. Okay, so they changed her from the comic. Yeah, so in so, the comic, Sprite's a boy, a man, man whatever, a million year old male <laughs> alien. No, she's not an alien. Remember in the comic? Well, whatever they are. So we talked about how somewhat similar, somewhat different, right? So in the comics, Makari and Cersei are in a relationship, and well, Makari Makari is a male in the comics. Yeah, well. Makari is also they gender yeah, swap yeah. Um, Makari in this. They gender swap a lot of them, obviously. So yeah, so Sprite and Makari are both flipped. So instead, in this one, it's Cersei and Icarus, and because Sprite's a girl, she's into Icarus, not Cersei, like in the comic. And like in some ways, I think they did her story well. And then there was other ways where like I, I feel like. It's a little less impactful than in the comic. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't really have much... I don't know. It's confusing to me. Like, in the comic... I guess spoilers. She... In, in the Neil Gaiman run, she's essentially the... Or he is essentially the villain. Whatever. Sprite's the villain, right? Because he's become so fed up with this immortal existence as an 11-year-old that he orchestrates this whole thing where the Eternals lose their memory and everything and he... And become human. Yeah. It, it, yeah, exactly. Because he wants to live a normal life as a human. Um, and they, she gets that in this one, but without like, she just kind of gets it. I think what I said to you was like, she gets off pretty easy. Yeah. She betrays them and like goes with Icarus at, at the end for a while there. But, and she almost stops them from saving the world. She almost kills Cersei. And, uh, she just gets to be human anyways. They which, just kind of forgive her. Which I don't like, and I had a problem with because Cersei's like, well, I have this power. She, she gets amped by all of them and like to like combine their strength, which also kind of a reference to the comics. They make a one mind or a unimind, yeah. which they do in the comics to keep the Celestial asleep or to fix him or whatever they do. I don't remember mm-hmm. in the comics specifically. Well, like Sprite uses the unimind at first to, to make them, erase all their memories. Right, and make them human. And so 
when she does that, when Cersei does that, she's like, oh, I still have some uh, like power left of all of us combined. I can make you a human no longer an eternal, but you'll just live a normal life. But I don't know why she can't just be like, okay, now you'll age normally until you reach as old, like, until you look like us, but you'll still live forever like we do. I don't know why. Yeah, I kind of agree. I thought at first when when that scene was happening that she was just going to make her into an adult yeah, or whatever you call it, an adult age. eternal, just look like an adult like the rest of them do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. It is weird because she acts like, I don't know, I guess, I guess the thing is that Sprite has a particular, like, want to to be like the humans. Like, she says that, like living among them she wants to be like them actually it's not because in the comic it's it's not necessarily that they want to well i guess it's kind of that sprite doesn't just want to be human part of it is that she wants to be respected by he wants to be respected by the other eternals who even though they know they know because obviously the average human walking by is gonna of course assume that she's a child. child the other eternals treat and that happens in this movie too, which she addresses as well. Yeah. Of like, why? Th- why did they do this? Why would they? Why would Arishem make me a, an eternal child? It's messed up. Yeah, it really um, is. Kind of makes you wonder about him. Yeah. Well, he's obviously not the best guy. <laughs> no, he's not the best celestial god. So yeah, I don't know. I because I guess she's just not a superhero anymore. Like, is the implication that she also lost her abilities? I would assume so. That's she, what I took it she as. Because she's not coming to the scale with their powers in the Celestial. And she like, can't do her illusions. We talked about, she She wouldn't actually want to go to school. Like, Kingo makes her go to school. She's a million years old. and she But she's moving in with Kingo, clearly, because Kingo's with her. So she, she's going to go to school. She's taking and, some kind of, like, ward yeah, gardener, gu- guardian, <laughs> guardian <laughs> role for her. Yeah, she's his ward. Like, yeah. They're equals. They're the same age. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that Kingo would take her because she's mad at him for abandoning her because they used to live together when they split up. She went with Kingo. So he's like, well, I'll make it up to you. But it's weird that he's like, go to school. Probably because she won't be around him all the time to get rid of her. I I guess she's probably just not going to return. Or maybe she will. I mean, maybe they'll do some hijinks and give her powers back or whatever. But they'll they'll pull a comic book. They seem to. Retcon it immediately. They seem to kind of like. She's. Not really addressed at the end. Obviously, like the other three who are on Earth, right? Kingo, Cersei, and Fastos get taken by Arashen. And Thena, Druig, and Makari are out looking for other Eternals. She just, there's nothing, there's nothing to hers. She, she presumably is just going to school. <laughs> like, yeah, she's like, time to learn arithmetic, even though I've been alive. It's weird. It doesn't seem years. like an actual good. I guess that's what she said she wanted was to live an actual. Human mortal life. human life so who knows honoring it, they might bring her back who knows yeah um well, something i i did want to address and i talked about last week was uh jack kirby's idea for the eternals um and just kind of i guess is talking about the movie but yeah let's all try a little bit he also so jack kirby also wrote the new gods so he kind of wrote the same story for dc and marvel where he wanted yeah. to make these super powered individuals that look goofy as hell, because Orion is the dumbest design I've ever seen, with his little, like, bikey rides. Stupid. Uh-huh. Dumbest thing in the world. And one of the things I've heard, I couldn't find a quote for this. So I looked at listeners, but I apologize. I can't reference this directly. But, you know, we usually get most of our information from Instagram, so I'm doing better than most. It's just about how he wanted to combine, like, fantasy and science fiction and magic and technology to make a new kind of mythology. And uh, Z and I have talked off-pod about this. You can't just call anything a mythology. You can't just write a bunch of stories and make it really fantastical and make it a mythology because both, funny enough, it's kind of like, I guess, kind of stick them where it hurts. Uh, the new gods and the Eternals, up until this point, are relatively unknown characters. Because myself, and every, like I read a good amount of comics, I'm, I was in the know for a while, 
I had never heard of the new guys or Darkseid for the longest time. Or like the Eternals, especially, or anything like that. Yeah, I would argue that, if anything, you, you literally cannot make a myth by setting out to make a myth. Yeah. De- definitionally, right? You can't say it's going to be a myth. Like, that defeats the per. I mean, maybe it will, but, like, the whole... It's one of those things where kind of, uh, I feel like, a uh, almost essential component of myth is... Time. Time. In- and, like, importance. Um, it's about how important it is to a culture, right? You can't say your thing's gonna be a myth. Like, it feels a little, uh, big-headed, no? Yeah. Like, this thing is, a- this thing I'm writing right now is about to be so important to society and culture that it's gonna be a myth, remember, forever. Like, people say that Star Wars is an example of a modern myth. And that's because it's, like, the most, one of the most popular stories ever. Yeah. It's, it's fair to say that. It is, it is truly, like, like deep and ingrained. Within in modern our- time. Yeah. You can't say, you can't start that. Like, Obviously, what they mean—I think more so—what they mean when they say that is that it's myth-like in like the story and the characters, and yeah. like, it's myth, it's myth- like, mythological in like the sort of setup of it. But the closest still. kind of thing for like modern besides Star Wars is a good example of one kind of succeeding is like the Wizard of Oz, because when L. Frickbaum wrote that, he was like, "Well, there aren't any American fairy tales really, so I'm going to write one," and then he did. So that was more a thing because you can write a fairy tale. In like in a style like that, but like to say, oh, this is going to be a, a story of great heroes, and it just showed like it wasn't very popular. Like people don't know a lot about the new gods. I don't think they're honestly. I don't think they're overly interesting. I think well, it's like, just kind of weird. Well, literally, um, now this is about I, the new gods. I should no, say. it's not. But the thing is, is that he created the new gods, and then DC didn't want to let him write the new gods, so he was like, all right, I'll go to Marvel and just write the new gods again, like just do Eternals. That's literally how it went, yeah. essentially. And it, this is again, uh, we've I think we've joked before on all kind of versions of this, but uh, this is once again an example of Marvel beating DC at their own game because <laughs> DC canceled their New Gods movie. <laughs> yeah, literally, the Turtles movie's out here. Although, again, it's not doing a, it's not pulling everyone away, but still, it's, it's no, out it's here. Not. But at least it exists, which is kind of funny. I don't know. They they do that all the time. Yeah, if, if DC just had their shit together, it's like the it's like that article. I, see. I guess we're getting really out of time, but we'll, we'll circle back. There are articles about how Dwayne the Rock Johnson was cast as Black Adam back in two thousand and nine. It's like, yeah, that's great that he was cast. That movie's coming out in twenty twenty two. So how many years later? Oh, 12. <laughs> 12 years later, or yeah, twelve years later. Like what? Or thirteen years later, something like that. Like that doesn't count. Like you can't say they were they were such foresight if it took almost two decades to get the film made that he was cast for. I agree. So on that whole thing of the creation of the Eternals, right? Um, so for the context of the MCU here, we kind of talked about this last week, you know, in in our uh, lead up here, and now now that's here, Jack. We've seen it. Do you think that the Eternals are a worthy addition to the MCU? No. I gotta be honest, no. I kind I of agree. Really don't. I think they kind of jumped, took a bit a little bit more off they they could chew. And I think that applies to the comic characters as well. Yeah, it's a similar thing where they are too grand in scale, where like you almost can't even mess with them. You can't have them exist in the universe. We talked about this. We were doing some reading. I was doing some Google and, and, and research for the show because we're professionals. Well, semi. <laughs> um and. The Eternals haven't had a continuous book since that Neil Gaiman run. Neil Gaiman, because he is like, he's he's in some ways the modern day Jack Kirby out here. 
He's he's a big loves these lofty like high concept stuff. Yeah, the same. He was man. like, I'm gonna write Eternals because it interests me. And in doing so, mind you, he retcons a lot of Jack Kirby stuff. He puts his own kind of spin on it, and then no one touches them for 15 more years when they did a run this year, pretty much, you know, only to tie in with the movie. For being yeah, honest, right? To make it so. So like they're. They're hard to mess with, and they're not prevalent even in the comics. No, they've been not around at all. for decades and decades. They're not used very often because they're just kind of hard. Like I said, they're just so high concept and like so massive in scale. What do you even do with them? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we th- we you know we're we're reserving judgment last week about like oh we kind of assumed that they would pull it off in this movie in some convincing way and between the post credits and the end and and the way that this would sort of set it up that. It would set up the Eternals to fit in the world, in a, better. yeah, in a satisfying way, in like you know, in a in a better way than the comics do, mm-hmm. and, and give them a pl- meaningful place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And they, I don't think they, they did. didn't. I like what all they did. The post credit scene, all it does is introduce new characters. It does new Eternals, though. Yeah, or not? No, not necessarily. Not in the second one. No, of course. But in the first one, yes. Like. The way to make this end credit scene work is to just put fucking Captain Marvel in one of them. Like, just Something have like him that. talk to Captain Marvel. Well, yeah, because essentially... Like any of them. Even just one sentence. The ending of this movie... That'll be like, okay, there's clearly plans here because they're talking to Captain Marvel, who's first a of all, character. The end of this movie, not even just counting the end credits, obviously, is more of a cliffhanger than we've gotten... Well, I guess Infinity War wasn't that long ago, but it's it's a it's a kind of cliffhanger we rarely actually get in the MCU, right? Mm-hmm. The post credits, like sort of stings, are their own thing of setting up and 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 building suspense. But it's rare that the actual storyline of a movie ends on a cliffhanger as significant as this. Mm-hmm. Um, but between that and the post credit scene, it doesn't. T- yeah, it does not tie in and flesh out the Eternals into the MCU in a big way. It kind of just sets up a, a sequel to this movie that also just features the Eternals. Yeah. It doesn't seem to suggest any other characters coming in. It seems to suggest, okay, these same characters are going to have to save themselves. You know, the the other Eternals are going to have to come save these Eternals again. <laughs> like, mm. it doesn't, uh, it, yeah, it, re- it doesn't have anyone hardly. It's just, it's just strange. It does not feel like, as, as of right now, that the Eternals are going to have a big impact on the rest of the MCU. And again, because they're so grand in scale, like, I don't know if you can have captain america and war machine <laughs> goes to help them right like that's yeah. not a thing they're capable you can't have of doing. icarus being like the only characters you could have even comparable are like thor doctor strange yeah. scarlet witch and captain marvel you like, said captain marvel like those cosmic yeah those four are the only ones who could even stand toe-to-toe with them and be meaningful in a fight because yeah. it's not like war machine could be like oh icarus i'm here buddy i got my bullets yeah even it's though like you I can said. fly and punch like destroy things with a punch and shoot lasers yeah. from your eyes. It's kind of like I was saying, like the the Eternals are almost too kind of high concept for their own good. Where you kind of can't they they really just do not fit well in the superhero focused Marvel universe. Again, whether that's the comics or now the movies, I just it's it's an interesting choice. And I will say, I obviously this movie did not uh, did not convince me that it was necessary. I, I no, I, I mean. I'll say it. I think we can. I think we'll both agree. I think this is Marvel's first kind of big misstep so far. Yeah, I, I, we've obviously, for the sake of argument here and discussion, we've been dogging out pretty bad. I don't think it was a bad movie. I no. thought it was just fine sitting there watching it. 
Yeah, I I think it was like I think it's fine. I think it's a I think it's an enjoyable movie. Yeah, again, it's not terrible, and I will go. I think the sequel will be good. It's interesting and stuff, but it's um yeah, it's just it just feels kind of like the first time in a while that they've done something that doesn't feel like it has big ramifications and impact and, and tie-ins for the rest of the universe. And maybe that's not a bad thing, right? Like we've talked about before, when you're dealing with the comics, it's such a big universe. Not everything is expected to connect connect you, if anything it's the opposite you are expected to compartmentalize and separate out different stories so it's not necessarily a bad thing the eternals are just on their own and you just when you go see eternal stuff it, it's in the same universe and you can you obviously understand that but and there are references to other it's things. not really they're not going to be crossing over with the avengers every week no no and I, I yeah i don't think that's a terrible thing um i don't i will say a lot of the specific sort of criticisms of this movie, I don't think I would agree with. I don't think it's that like massive and unwieldy in scale that I found it difficult. No, that's a, not that's that a, much exposition. Yeah, One of the, I was expecting a lot more like exposition, especially when it starts out with a dialogue crawl. I was like, oh man, there's so much they can't yeah, even say. Anything. I didn't love that. That did that did give me a iffy feeling right off the bat yeah. that they had to give a big old text crawl. But like even before, like the only big dump they have is when Cersei is told the truth. Mm-hmm. And then they don't repeat that again, and they just go, and then they just fill everybody in. Yeah, and despite the differences, this movie is presented very similarly to the comic, I would argue, which is it's like flashback and exhibition sort of stuff mixed in with the modern day plot as it's unfolding. Yeah, and there that comic does have massive sections, which is just this like yeah, very fancy art style and everything of seeing the exposition around the Eternals and their creation and what they're for and, and the deviants and how it all ties in. Like that is that sequence in this movie is kind of ripped from the comic. There's a very yeah. similar sequence. That's like a long multi-page thing where Arashem is, exp- or maybe it's not literally Arashem, but the um, Celestials are explaining the origins and everything. So like, I didn't think it was terrible. I really didn't. I, I don't think that that particular complaint that, the exposition is too unwieldy and yeah, in your face. I don't, I don't know if I totally agree with that. No, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would agree with it at all. Truthfully, there's certainly more exposition, but that's just because they're introducing like, again, they're so grand in scope. I think it's just so different than what we're used to with Marvel because we're so far along. There isn't a lot of exposition because it's like, well, we've already talked about this. You should, if you don't know, that's kind of your fault, man. Like you mm-hmm. got to be in, you're in or out. Is basically, you know, I feel like we've before with the MCU. Like at this point. They don't have to hold your hand because there's an understanding that okay, you're if you're gonna watch it, it's only gonna make sense if you're invested. Yeah. Like it's not really on us anymore; it's on you. Based based on what, basically what we better for worse. Yeah, the success of these movies had made that in a sense an agreement that you're gonna know what we're gonna do and we're gonna yeah. do it this way. Exactly. So again, overall, fine mid middle of the road Marvel movie. Yeah, a fine I, don't, time. I don't even think I would agree with the common thing I've seen repeated by a lot of people, which is that this movie is a big swing and a miss. Um, I think it's just kind of like a not as not a big of a hit as I thought it would be. Yeah, I think it's just fine. Like Again, it's, it's just, just like, like a, a normal kind of movie, not a grand slam. I don't think it's that much more of like a big swing and a miss than any of the the sort of commonly accepted, just kind of average yeah. Marvel movies. I I don't think it's much worse or much more like fallen flat than. Your Ant Man's or your Throw the Dark Throw World. the Dark World. It's like it's just fine. Yeah, it's still a, I would say like an above average kind of action movie. Yeah, that's your new. I think there's a lot of I, again. I mean, I'll talk about the. I think there's a lot of good shots in this movie. Yeah, with the Golden Celestial with like the big shots of them in space. I think that totally was really agree. cool. 
when Icarus is flying out into space, when they're in their ship. I, I like their like costumes. There's a lot of parts. Oh, yeah, that... I'm, I'm going to say that. I, I love all their costumes. I think they look super I cool. I think they look really cool. I like how they all have like slightly different designs, but there's a similar motif with them. Like I just thought, like, this movie is not bad. I think Legos got me, because they did that sneaky marketing thing where if you want to get all the Eternals, you have to buy all the Eternals sets. I think I might have to buy all the Eternal sets. You're get all my little, all, my little Lego anyway. Eternals. Well, buy yeah. them anyway. That's what I'm saying. I am buying them all. Well, I'm saying if they didn't do that, you would have bought them anyway. Well, maybe not. No, I'm maybe. looking around the room we're in. <laughs> I'm going to call bullshit on that. Well, I'm going to get all the little Lego Eternals. You know what? They're going to be sweet. Godspeed. They're real good. They're good. They look pretty good. Their costumes are good. I'll light you with this big sword I'm holding, listeners. <laughs> and the... So- and the uh, one of the sets is Arsham the Judge. Big, the Celestial Boy? Sick. Big old Celestial Boy. He's doing some judging? Uh, he's got judge, he's, judge, he loves doing that. judging action he's features? Judged, it's like a big Judge Judy. <laughs> All right, anyway, let's let's move on to these post-credit scenes. So the first post-credit scene, uh, didn't love it. Gotta be honest, kind of weird. Don't... I agree. So... I didn't hate it, but it was just like... so weird. Um, It's one of the most... Because, again, the Eternals are already so obscure... Doing like an obscure side character reveal, reveal in the post credits scene is just like I, I I didn't know who those people were. Yeah. So this little elf appears out of a portal. He's announcing this this herald of this character. He's like this guy. I don't remember what his name was. Star Fox. Star Fox. Star Fox. Starhawk. I thought it was Star Fox. Well, I said Star Fox, and then you just yeah you asked said it questioningly. Well, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure either. Well, now. check it. Look it up. Yeah. Star Fox. Huh. Okay. Like the sixty four game that. <laughs> <laughs> And I've never played it. I don't know why people like it. It doesn't look very good. Um, Come be Star Fox fans. Yeah. Put your kids to bed, because I know you're all 30, because who the fuck plays Star Fox anymore? That's my age. Um, well, there haven't been a new game since the GameCube, so yeah, be pretty hard. To... It's a bad game. Far Fox yeah. Zero wasn't good. So, Star Fox appears, who's played by Harry Styles. Now, next to Zach and I in the theater... Oh, my God. There was essentially... This is, this is our famous recurring segment. Complain theater, theater theatrics where we complain. Oh, that's good. Where we complain about all the all the people that we that are in the movie theaters with us when we see movies. We're, we're basically like Larry David at this point. We, we, I think every time we've seen a movie, we've somehow mentioned the people in the theater or some us. experience we've had that has agitated us. So way there, back to the first movie we talked about, Black Widow. When we oh my god, yes, <laughs> when oh. we were forced out by a fire alarm. Oh my god, it's really been every single movie, there's been something. Uh-huh. So yeah, next to, I guess you next to me, I was forced to sit next to them. It's just this like, five seats or six seats down this row, which is full of all people, assumedly it, dude, in the same it group. it seemed like a family or group or whatever of like, fucking, I don't know, 15 people? Because they were occupying two rows. Yeah, two separate rows. And all throughout the movie, they're like talking back and forth across rows. It's absurd. Yeah, it's... It and I really wanted to say something, but then I thought, well, if they're talking, and then I go talk loudly, hey, stop talking, and then they respond, I'm just, just I'm missing the movie, and everyone else is too, and, you know, I'm not going to do that to other people, that's just, I don't want to add to the rudeness. Like, just, there was just all kind of bizarre, like, making noises and stupid comments throughout the movie. Just, like, not even related to the movie. Not, not, not that kind of annoying, like, I'm over here giving a commentary. I feel like they would just be having side conversations. Yeah. I said, yeah. There was one person who was just like it's a, at like a impactful scene. Somebody was dying. I think it was when Gilgamesh died. They were just like, "This candy's pretty good." <laughs> what was going on? Like, what are you doing? And then it, when Harry Styles appeared, they all got up and left, even though they knew there was. They probably knew there was a second one. And a kid exclaimed to his father, "Dad, you're right. 
DC is better because Harry Styles is in the MCU now. It seemed like... I was like, why is that? As part of this group, there was some younger women. And they seemed to enjoy it because Harry Styles... And then the younger boys, were they did not like it because Harry Styles. And they decided that the DC Cinematic Universe was better. Yeah, kind of like Justin Bieber. You know, I think it's just trendy to... Ew, he's icky. Popular pop boy. That don't... I don't care. We, we we talked about a joke, a funny meme I saw about Harry Styles, but other than that, I don't give a shit about Harry Styles yeah, one or the I other. I don't care. I told I you... I didn't know he was an actor. I don't know if he is, but he's in this, isn't he? A weird choice, but I guess, hey, man. I told you, I don't know if... I hadn't, like, immediately, because literally, as we were sitting in the, th- the theater after it ended, I, I did the thing I do every time we see a Marvel movie, and I look up how many post-credits there are. <laughs> and as I was, do- literally, as I did that, the first result was, like, Eternals post-credits scenes, Harry Styles! So I was like, oh, I guess Harry Styles is in this? And then, I guess between that and then, yeah, the young girls screaming about him in our theater, um, I guess I would have known either way, but... If I was seeing this myself, I don't think I would have recognized that he was Harry Styles or cared either way. So. I knew it was Harry Styles because I, after the premiere, people were like, Harry Styles confirmed to be Thanos' brother. But I was like, Otherwise, would, but like, do you rec- did you recognize him? Yes. Okay. I mean, sure. maybe because I knew it was him, I was like, oh, yeah. I know it's Harry Styles. She didn't think twice about it. She yeah. It's a guy. It's, an, it's a relatively average looking man. Yeah. It's just, who cares? Move on. I don't know why a uh, fucking brain aneurysm there. <laughs> But we'll move on to the second post credit scene. There's not much to say. They're just going to help out the remaining the Eternals that have left Earth. So he's a different Eternal. Yeah. It, they, again, they messed with the Eternals lore a lot in this because they seem to imply that there is only ten. Maybe or I no, there's I don't know, We couldn't agree with that. Is there ten who are repeated, like copy and pasted across? No, they got to be all different. Because are they all different. Is there I like think, is there you know thousands of teams of Eternals? Well, there's only a hundred of them. Hundred what? There's a hundred Eternals. There's so only who? Says the movie. They said really? that multiple times. There's only 100 of them. There's 10 teams of 10. Oh, I didn't remember that. Because, I don't know. It Maybe I'm... I was just seeing things. But it seemed like in that scene where she saw them all being made, it seemed like it was all the same 10 of them. Like, because it seemed like she saw herself. So she saw herself multiple times, right? And all the other ones? I mean, maybe I'm... Oh. Like, I don't know. The point is, he's also an Eternal, but not... He's like a different thing. In the same way that Thanos is technically an Eternal. I guess he's an Eternal in the MCU, too. They bring they, it's weird because they mentioned Thanos by name in by name in this movie multiple times. But they never they also never address that in any meaningful way. So I don't I don't even know. But yeah, who knows where they're going with that? So whatever. Again, that's the one where I was saying it seemed like that was just setting up a, a sequel to this movie, which is fine. But Eternals like, two, not, Electric Boogaloo, yeah, way more Eternal. That doesn't seem to have implications for anything other than the next movie. <laughs> yeah, very strange. Now the only the postcard, the second one is post-credit scene trailer is something I enjoyed much more as in it is good old boy Kit Harrington, Jon Snow getting his magic getting sword another sword another magic his sword ebony blade that's all he does and then at the end <laughs> blade talks to him yeah Mahershali goes hey Mr. Whitman you want to kill sure you ready for that and then which we thought was very funny because the whole reason he has the sword is because his girlfriend Cersei the immortal robot gets taken by her robot master to space. Literal God. Literal God to space. And he goes, I know what I'll do. I'll take this magic sword I just got and fight God. <laughs> and then Blade was What's like... What's he think he's doing? Blade's like, whoa, 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 buddy. Let's just go kill vampires. <laughs> I, I think we're gonna go kill vampires. I think that's a little more your speed. <laughs> let's 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 take it one step at a time. You've been new at this? I did like the Ebony Blade for the most part. Um, I like the box. Death is my reward. That's pretty I ominous. like it was wrapped in paper. I like how it kind of... I didn't like that. Ra- Why is there a wrap on the blade? 
It's like a probably like a mystic seal. Get the evil. That side. looks silly. That's not what the ebony blade usually looks like. Oh my god! Fucking I don't know that. I, I also log. I will say I also don't know that if I like that it's got a weird alive blade that wants to touch you. <laughs> yeah, that was strange. I, I would have preferred oh, just a more classic glossy sheen. On I there. mean, it still probably could be. But yeah, that is the that is you know how the ebony blades All always been. It's to not, him. Yeah, it's not pleasant. <laughs> it feeds on depression. Yeah, and, like it feeds, sadness it you, and anger. It gives you blood lost. I think at times part of the lore has been that if you draw the ebony blade you must draw blood with it before you can sheathe it again. Mm. So, like, it's not even... It's not... doesn't seem like it should be the weapon of an Avenger, does it? No, and that's <laughs> but kind it of... Is. It's kind of the quandary. And I know in the comics, it's often a uh, an opposite to Mjolnir. Obviously, Mjolnir is all about righteousness and worthiness and, like, goodness. And, obviously, they're exact opposites because if you're unworthy and a murderer, Mjolnir will just not work for you. Or if you kill kill innocents, I guess you can kill for like the good of others. I, I think that's the reason Spider Man can't wield Mjolnir because he won't kill under any circumstances, not even if to save others. Yeah, I think I'm, something like that. Have we talked about this on the show before? Mjolnir. Yeah, Mjolnir and like Captain America and why Captain America can't pick up Mjolnir. Yeah, we definitely have. It's like Mjolnir is always just war. when they say worthy. Mjolnir, I don't think it just means good. It means. Can you wield it correctly? Are you gonna? Yeah, are you gonna be the dude to use this in the way that I need it to be used? I being Odin, not the most ethical guy in the world. So, yeah, like it doesn't just mean are you a good person. It means can you be the god of thunder and all that entails? Mm-hmm. Can you be yeah righteous and good, but also like furious and powerful? I'll, I mean, it, some of it is true because I mean, there's a lot of innocence. You can't just go killing around non innocence because Odin right. is, is. But like classically in the myths and in the comics. Odin's kind of just a dick. It's a, we've talked about it. I think I literally said at one point, it's a hammer, right? Yeah. It's for smashing shit. It's a web. It's a weapon, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just like, it's not a shield. It's not like a, a, a it's, yeah, it's, it's, like it's a, a literal weapon that you have to be willing to wield. All right. We good? Ag attack? Yeah, sure. We can ag attack uh, out of that. It's a pretty good segment. So we're going to do our famous, famous segment. World famous recurring segment. Trailer, trailer trash or trailer, trailer cash. cash. Second, I raised our arms at the same time. This week we have Book of, Book Boba, of Boba Fett teaser. And the final Wheel of Time trailer. Whoa. All right. Yay. Let's do Book of Boba Fett first. So p- pretty short. Not too. Not too. Uh, not a lot. Eventful. Right. Not not a lot mm-hmm. narratively in there. I think it kind of. It. I would say it sort of confirms what the show's about. Boba Fett. Boba Fett taking over the underworld, which is what we all kind of assume. I think yeah. also synopsis has been out for a long time. So mm-hmm. it, it, not, no big surprises in this one, but I think that's fine. Playing it close to the chest. Yeah. I heard it's going to be nine episodes. Really? Yeah. That's what I've oh. seen. I've looked into it. Eight or nine is what the consensus is. That'd be interesting. Leaning more towards nine. That'd be crazy, because that's longer than either season of The Mandalorian. How long is The Mandalorian season? Those are eight apiece. Oh. Interesting. I mean, I much as it pains me to say it, because this is a Star Wars thing, I don't have a ton to say about this. I liked all the aliens, I will say. I have even less to say, because I'm not yeah. Star Wars um, fan like you. Boba Fett looks like Boba Fett. I don't know. He's looking good. I hope they show him cutting that guy's head off. They do yeah, a little cut-off head-off. Seems like it. Cut head-off in the trailer. Um, see that ties into it in any way. Talked about this on the show before, but Boba Fett, he's not my favorite character. No. And I don't, I don't care who knows it, all right? I'm just going to be honest with you. But in our bad batch of Boba, we really get into it. I think Second he'll episode. be good. I think it's gonna be good. I don't know. I like. I do like Tamir Morrison, regardless of what I think about Boba Fett, and I'm glad he's back doing it. Uh, he's, he's good. He's always been good. I always like. I like him. Uh, in, in as we all know, as, as I brought up multiple times on the show, the best single best piece of Star Wars media, uh, oh, Star Wars Republic Commando, 
video game. Oh, yeah. He comes on and does voices on there. Got that collector's edition today. I do. Oh, came in the mail. I think I've literally talked about it on the show before, this collector's edition, because it's been months in the coming, but it's arrived. I think it's literally episode two of the same Bad Betcha Boba. Yeah, I spent $90 on a 15-year-old video game I already owned, but that's that's just being a Star Wars fan, isn't it? For a Switch game, no less. Comes on Switch. Yep. Fucking chill. Like I said, I like all the aliens. A lot of representation here. We got... We got Ithorians. We got Trandoshans. We got Aqualish. We got them all, baby. We got the humans. We got Nyctos. No, actually, it's not a Nycto. It's a... Oh, gosh. I don't remember. You could just say it was a Nycto. I'm not going to (laughs) know. No one's going to tell you. Fennec Shand. I'm excited to see Fennec Shand. I like her a lot. She's great. Yeah, she's pretty good. I remember when she she died in the Mandalorian episode 5. I was like, oh, she's dead. But she's not actually dead, is she? No, she's alive and well. She's back in Mandalorian season two. She's in the Bad Batch. She's in this. She's great. Ming Not One, sick as hell. Oh yeah, she's Agent May and Agent Shield. She's real good. Mulan. She's a she's a triple threat. Yeah, she's got it all. Uh, what else? Slave One's in here. If you're into that, yeah, uh, <laughs> little Slave One fiasco. A lot yeah. of references to sh- things we've already talked about. Um, oh goodness, are they gonna call it that? Oh my goodness, is Boba Fett gonna have to call his Boba Fett starship? <laughs> Boba Fett, go to your starship. Bring around the Boba Fett stuff. <laughs> I don't know why you called that Boba. It's real strange. You called Boba that. Fett. I, didn't it have a name? No, no, it never had a name. Marketing purposes. <laughs> we had the very first shot of it. Features a Bombar monk, which I absolutely flexed on you by knowing because I'm. Yeah, we'll call it a flex. What else would you call it? What What do you call it when you know more Star Wars things than the guy next to you? Virginity? Other than a no, <laughs> no, it's, that's pure Sigma energy. <laughs> The calculating sigma. Because you literally were like, Zach, what is that? And I knew. I guess you got me. I guess you got me as a calculating sigma man. They're a race of uh, monk people who lived in the temple before. Because we talked about this. Because Jabba's palace. Jabba didn't build that. He just stole it. It's like a monastery, actually. With a dungeon? It does have that dungeon where you keep rancors and shit. I hope there's a rancor in this show, dude. Oh my Like in the Bad Batch. There's a rumor that there's there's a Lego set coming out next year that's going to be Boba Fett's palace. As in, you know. Jabba's palace after he's taken it over, and that it's going to feature a rancor, which makes me think there'll be a rancor in this show That'd be pretty for sick. the palace. I mean, we can only hope, right? Like a full puppet one, like in episode Fingers nine. Fingers crossed. I almost said nine. Six. That'd be sweet. Yeah. That The one they had's dead, so it's not that one. Well, no. <laughs> clearly, he still killed it. And the guy was like, my rancor. Yeah, the rancor keeper was very sad about that. Yeah, he was. I'm sure he's got a whole backstory about how he raised rancors his whole life. and No, he does. It's I in know. Tales from Jabba's Palace. Yeah, I know it the is. Anthology. Every fucking Star Wars character anthology does. It's worse book. than One Piece in that sense. Yeah. But so ultimately, ultimately, trailer, trailer cash. Because we're excited for the Book of Boa Fett. I'm excited just to have a live action Star Wars thing to talk about on this show. That'll be very fun. Yeah. I, because if it's anything like The Mandalorian, it's going to have a lot of references for me to absolutely just nerd out over week after week. And I'll just be like, that was neat. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> like I always do. But it's the dynamic that makes the show great. Great. Listen, it makes this a show. Ah, there it is. That's all we're looking for. We and are, then, in fact, a show. Yeah, it is trailer trash because unfortunately they did not say the words "slave one" out loud, and so they're clearly <laughs> just a bunch of um, woke, woke snowflakes, liberal cucks. So, trailer trash. Unfortunately, trailer. that is how it is. Now let us move on to the Wheel of Time. Something I am vehemently excited about. That comes out in two weeks, and the f- actually the first. Three episodes come out. Yeah, at all at once. once. So we're gonna have a nice lot of wheel time content oh for my you listeners. Goodness. If you haven't read the books, shame on you. Be like us who have only read the books starting in August. Yeah, we because we read 
four books? five of the books before this show came out. By before we, yeah, literally only months prior, as and only as we could, we only read them because of this show. But we we shall um from now until the end of time flex our book reading dominance over anyone. Um, because typically we read the books before the show, so it counts. Yeah, like when Game of Thrones is coming out, we're gonna be those guys who who feel just just an unnecessary amount of superiority for having read books Even that anyone can read <laughs> very very popular books that lots of other people have read millions of readers but, but it's one of those things we talked about last week where it's so popular but no one you know has ever read them it's true so we talked about it off pod but this um this trailer kicks the other trailers ass oh my god it's amazing it's so cool so very, we're very excited now I mean, we were excited this whole time but we're both well on the hype train now Oh yeah, absolutely. Which is obviously intentional, you know. Like you don't, you know, throw it all in the first trailer. You, you wait until a little closer, and that's what we are. Yeah, we're, we're only we're a couple weeks now. Oh, so good, so good. I, all kind of quotes in this one. Oh my god, they say the, they th- say the line, "The wheel wills as the wheel weaves." So many W's. You did it backwards. You always do it backwards. There's too many W's. <laughs> it's too many W's. How am I to keep it's a little tongue twister? Like Moraine just throws that just just throws that around. They like, all do all, all series, the all the time. They're always just saying it. It's like a literal tongue twister. The wheel wills as the wheel weaves. She takes the oaths. Oh, oh my god, there's still kind of magic. She says the old blood is strong. Oh my goodness. Uh, we see Faldara. Oh, I'm so excited. And the Aeel. And oh, the, the Aeel. Oh my god, we see the Aeel. See, anyone who obviously hasn't read this is just all nonsense words. They're like, it? what the fuck is a dragon wall? All the dragons? Were they standing there? On the slopes of the Dragon Mount. Mount. He is born. He shouts. His voice is like a thunder cloud. Oh my goodness. Oh, I... Very exciting. Truly cannot wait. There's gonna be Dial are sick, man. Like if you they look good. If you don't know about Wheel of Time and you just want to watch the show, I would recommend reading the books because we're big book guys and I think they're fantastic books. But when you watch the show and you see the Aiel, you're gonna be like, God damn, these Aiel are the coolest motherfuckers I've they're ever really seen. Cool. They're kinda edgy. They're kind of the best. The best you're gonna, ever. you're gonna see me be like, man, fourteen year old me would have thought these guys were so sick. And twenty year old me thinks they're sick too. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I still think they're pretty sick, so <laughs> yeah. Good on them. When they get to the city. Yeah. The cities look good. It just looks good. I saw, after the first trailer, I had seen people who were a little skeptical of the effects of, like, it doesn't look super polished. I think, I, I don't remember feeling that at all, but especially after this one, I, I don't have any worries of that. It looks great. I know people had reservations about the Trollocs, because the Trollocs are, like, the orcs of this world. Yeah, and we didn't see them until, like, they, for whatever reason, they didn't show any of the Shadow Spawn until relatively recently. They they, well, they that. showed the Fade in the first They did trailer. show the Fade, but, but they, he's, that's important to the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. They didn't show the Trollocs until this, well, they had it, they had them very far away in, like, Shadow. And they had them in a, um, they, a week or two before this trailer, they had a Trolloc in a poster. But, yeah, yeah the Trollocs are good. They're really all solid. they're very like they're just brutal monsters. I think I we talked about this. There's a I think the only other really other than like you know the art that they do for some of the books and some some of the sparse kind of illustrations. The only other visual representation of them is the graphic novels, and I do not personally like how they look in that. And that one they lean more on like the human hybrid aspect of it, which mm-hmm. is just like which I think and they look a little more grotesque even I think in that they look like humans that just have like random out of place element animal elements on them like it looks like a normal human with human skin and then he'll just have a furry wolf snout on the front of his face yeah um, and stuff which is almost worse but in the books they're more they're more they're similar to that way but they're they're these giant men like like shack size in a sense like seven like seven eight feet tall hulking masses that from like the head up are just like morphed horrible animal heads so they'll be like a bird 
It'll be but anything. They, but they also have like hooves and stuff. Like yeah, yeah. I think like these mangled look, claws. Yeah. Like they're not human. They're horrible monsters that eat everything. These definitely look to me like I've imagined them, which yeah. is like Minotaur esque. Yeah, they got some of them have big horns, hybrid things, and they're not all like wolves. They're all there's some of them look like boars or rams. Yeah. Like there's just like a lot of ramshackled parts, like Minotaurs or like the satyrs, Ramitars. the satyrs from uh, that satyr, maybe right from Narnia. That's how they look like big goat heads or and just shit. Greek myths. Yeah, but in Greek myths they like have, they have like normal human faces. Oh yeah, that's true. In Narnia they have horrible goat monster heads. You love the big, they're the good guys. <laughs> they yeah. look terrible. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Really yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we we could just like gush and gush, gush about, about each scene, but no one wants that. Overall, be. just really saw. It. We're excited. So very yeah. excited. I think the casts all look good. We might talk about them more next week, actually, as well. Maybe we won't talk about. We won't. Maybe we won't get too much into it. But yeah, all the characters look good. I think uh, uh, Rosamund Pike looks great. We talked about how. Off the show about how I really like Maureen. She's she's one of my favorite characters in the whole thing. Maureen and Land are great together. And she's inter- yeah, they're both in- they're both really cool from that perspective of their main important characters who are have at least thus far been in every book and everything, but they're not main characters in that they're not getting point of view chapters. It's not about them. Maureen has, as far as I've read, Maureen only has two or three. She's only got a handful throughout the yeah. whole series. I don't know if Lan has ever had one. She doesn't get a, her right own where? point of view chapter till Dragon Reborn in yeah. book three when she's separated. And Lan has never gotten one, which is kind yeah. of the point because you're not supposed to know what Lan. Yeah, they're thinking. not they're not the protagonists truly. Yeah. Um, so then that's kind of a cool thing, it's, as you know, like they're around, but they're and so it's kind of the thing of they're a little more mysterious, and you get them in small doses, so it's more impactful because they they don't have to like have normal emotions and stuff. You don't yeah. have to. Because when you're with a character the whole time, they have to go through ups and downs and everything. But when it's just, you know, Moraine and Lan just pop in and just say, like, really cool shit. And then yeah. they are stoic. And it's like, yeah. hey, Perrin, you got wolf magic? It's pretty crazy. Moraine just knows everything about everything. And Lan's just, like, Moraine knows everything about, like, the world. And Rand knows everything about killing things and not being killed. Well, yeah. Moraine knows everything and Lan knows everything else. Like, exactly. They, they yeah. all they cover. They know exactly what they know and they don't overlap. They're, like, the best of the Best he's of, the best of the warders, and, and she's, she's the best, best of the Aes Sedai. It's it's good stuff, and um, he's the lord. Of the, oh, he's so oh, it's God, good we stuff. just gush about Lan. He's so good. They're he's really the best. Cool. She's she's essentially like the Obi Wan, right? She's the um, archetypical, 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 like mentor character, yeah. right? In a way, but, but she's, she's also not. She, there's a lot of ways that she isn't is against. Yeah, the more traditional archetype of it. It's really cool. She's not. She's not just the kindly wizard, right? She, she's got because like, she has said she'll gladly kill the protagonist yeah, if needed. She's got depth to her where she's yeah she's More, she's not really great yeah exactly. Oftentimes the mentor's role in a story is literally to help the protagonist, which she's trying to do, but she also has goals that are more important to her than that. Oh yeah, definitely. It's really cool. I'm very excited for this show. Oh, me too. I if if anything, I I guess I don't know. If there's anything I'm shaky on, it's all the other... It's like the actual main characters. <laughs> we haven't seen enough of... Ren and Perrin yeah, and Madden and Neve For me to actually... Which is probably what I should be more worried about, but... Ah, they got Lan, though. They got they Foldara. Got Lan, they got Lan Moraine, so... They got Foldara, they got the Ayula. So, trailer cash, if only for all the fun, fun references and all the quotes that we got to hear. Again, quotes that we just... We've only read for the first time in the past couple months, but I'm going to pretend like, like August. We've been with these for generations. Years. That they're massive parts of my life, as far as you know. Yeah, I might cut out the part where we admit it <laughs> we're wrong. I want um, though. Now, trailer trash. 
Still no wolf magic. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> a pretty stark uh, lack of wolves in this. <laughs> no wolf magic. Perrin's in it, but there's there hasn't seemed to be any wolf. No wolf magic? There's no dice magic? Where's my... No luck magic? No actual magic? Where are the snake and the fox people? Nobody's doing any magic, so... <laughs> Other than all the very obvious magic that is in this... We want the magic that isn't magic. So, for that reason, it's trailer trash. trash. We hate it. Alright, back attack. Let's move on. I got a, I got a couple things to say. Now, Zach, remember we talked about long ago in the show, I informed you of a Nickelodeon All-Star Fighters, a Smash yes. Brothers-esque fighting game. Now, what would you say if I told you that another company was throwing their hat into the ring with a platform fighter with a lot of a large cast of characters that don't usually fight? What would I say? What would you say? Now, sounds pretty, sounds fine, I guess. I don't fine. know. Now, could you, you know, you know, guess a company that might do this? A company. You you mean similar to Nickelodeon? Similar like some Nickelodeon. kind of property? Yeah. The only well, properties. My first thought was Cartoon Network. That's, no. It's kind of that's very similar vein to Nickelodeon though. Isn't that's it? a very good thing. I'm, Do I get a hint? Maybe yes, they make me. movies. Is it <laughs> Is it the Universal Monsters? No, that'd be good. That it's it, Warner Brothers. Okay, just generally. That that's they got a lot I guess I should so I mean I was just trying has, to be funny, but that's been, a there, there's been a real leak, and so far the characters include uh, a new character that's never been introduced, a random character that they've made for this game. Okay. Steven Universe, Gandalf the Grey. Okay, sure. Batman. Sure. Harley Quinn. Okay. Jake, the dog. From Adventure Time. Okay. Finn the Human. Right. Tom and Jerry. Okay. I think that's all of them. Let me look. Actually, hold on. Let me check. There's a... Huh. Now, what do you think about that cast? Just just off the, off the, sh- off um, the shoot. The cartoon ones are throwing me for a loop i think gandalf is throwing me for a loop no gandalf is what i was thinking more like epic movies because i thought oh shaggy's in it i was thinking shaggy that's hilarious that, that that's pretty funny just for yeah. the names okay I, so when, here's the list when okay. you say warner brothers my first thought wasn't cartoons no offense but i wasn't thinking adventure time and right no no steven universe i was thinking yeah like gandalf batman you know the dc stuff i was thinking matrix actually i thought you were gonna say neo he seemed like oh, okay, good... so so I found the picture. So the list okay. is, uh, I'll show you. See, there's that new character, mm-hmm. top right. There's Steven Universe, Batman, Harley Quinn, Finn, Jake, Shaggy, Superman, Wonder Woman, Gandalf, Rick Sanchez, Bugs Bunny, <laughs> and Tom and Jerry oh, together. This is, a, this is an image. Yeah. that's a. This is a leaked, like... This is the true leak. Like, this was leaked. I thought you just meant leaked, like, they're still thinking about it. No, no, no. This is, like, a real thing they're making. Is it? Is it near to being out? I don't know. I really don't know how close it is. <laughs> I mean, that sounds fine. I don't know. Uh, the the DC characters, obviously, is fine, but they have yeah. a fighting game. They do. Injustice. Uh, for that matter, you could argue that DC, or Warner Brothers, has a, a pretty significant fighting game because... Injustice. Yeah. <laughs> they have Injustice Gods Among Us, which is pretty popular. Which also... Has two games. As far as I know, Injustice has spinoff characters who are not, strictly speaking... Right? I, so. uh, I don't know a lot about Injustice. Okay. I know I people don't like playing that game... In like fighting tournaments because you can spam dark sides like on mega beams. So yeah, I just want to bring that up because we talked about fighters. I thought it was kind of wild that you can just have Gandalf fight Rick Sanchez um, and Shaggy, which is I think just kind of funny for the meme. Because like the other one, the other big fighting game is Smash Brothers. I was gonna say Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah, which also has a bunch of Warner Brothers characters in it. I yeah, believe. that's got Joker and RoboCop and Terminator. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't... strange. I'm not a big fighting game guy regardless well, so i wasn't gonna play i didn't play nickelodeon fights because it kind of looks like ass it's like a fan yeah, game it doesn't it probably wasn't gonna get it anyways oh 
unless they remake the greatest fighting game of all time, um, Star Wars Masters of Terrace Kasai. What the what am I? The fuck are you talking about? What do you mean? It's not, it's the not, greatest fighting game of all time. You made that up. It's not real. I did not. Why would I, why would I do such a thing? Have I up. ever done that? Ever once? I mean, I probably could change the audio and make you say, I made this up. <laughs> Here's a list of things and just play a bunch of random clips out of order. You tell me you don't know Masters of Terrace Kasai? Well, the fact that I said that's not real, maybe that'll fucking hint you in. It's a Star Wars fighting game. Utilizing the fictional Star Wars martial art of oh. Terrace Kasai. Oh, yeah. Got a 4 out of 10 on IGN. Well, I didn't say it was good. But fair enough. I mean, I I literally did. I said it's the greatest fighting game of all time. But it looks fine, I guess. Well, it's ridiculous because they're they're literally it's it's not like like nowadays they can do fighting games relatively convincingly, even with characters who have abilities that aren't you know punchy, right? Like you can have your Solid Snake and Smash Bros. You can have your your RoboCops and stuff, and they are convincing, and they do, like, they have uh, interesting abilities that actually differentiate them, right? Mm -hmm. From the other characters. Um, In that game, everyone's just punching each other. Like, Han Solo, it's just in there with his fists. Not with a gun or anything? No, no, it's just, Luke is in there with his, he gets his lightsaber, of course. Right, of course. It's kind of, for that matter, it kind of feels unfair. Yeah. It's referenced in Solo, that scene in Solo, where, oh goodness, what's his girlfriend called? Finnick Shan? No. Han Solo's girlfriend. East Kaloth? Glub Shadow? Who is it, Zach? Who is it? It's Amelia Clark. Oh, yeah, Amelia Clark. I know her. What about her? Oh God, Zach. I don't. Last week you proved I don't know Star Wars names. The, <laughs> That's I, true. I literally texted you. I hate Star Kira, Wars. Names. Kira. That scene where Kira beats up that guy in the elevator, and L three is like, "Whoa, how'd you do that?" And she's like, "Dryan taught me Kasai." Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. I don't remember life from Star Wars. And I was a that. big enough nerd um, where I recognized that. I did. In the theater, and I was like, oh my god, they mentioned Terrace Kasai? Whoa! I didn't know that. I was like, well, this, movie, this, this is the best Star Wars movie I've ever seen. And it is. Well, Alright, Ack Attack. Ack Attack. I have one more thing. No, I have one thing. Fine, do your that's thing. That's why I did it. Fine. guess that's the rules we set up in episode I'm just going to talk about it. I don't have much to say. Um, I just thought it'd be nice because we routinely bag pretty heavy on DC and all their various properties on this show. Because they suck their movies. I want to talk about something that they do well. And that is the DC animated movies. Which I think are, on the whole, pretty spectacular. That's what I've heard. Now, have you watched much or any of these? Uh, I watched clips of the most recent one. <laughs> what most recent one? The Apocalypse one. That's like six movies out at this point, but sure. Fucking really? What? <laughs> yeah, they do like four a year. They crank these fuckers out. Oh, shit. That came out like middle of last year. Yeah, they've, they've done the long Halloween one and two since then. Like they've done, oh, they, they're cranking them out, man. Oh, they didn't injustice. Too. People didn't like injustice. Yeah, they. Yeah, you knew they did injustice much more recently than they did. No, no, not the that. Ye. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're all. Speaking on HBO. like that, and you shall use <laughs> lose thine hand, sir. I have a I have a foam sword, listeners. It's a replica of long claws. That gave it to me. I don't know why you did. Um, you knew I would be antagonistic and try to kill him with it. So on HBO Max, they have pretty much every. I think just about every DC animated movie, which is to say both the, so there's, there's two different things going on. There's the DC animated movies are both just, you know, any kind of like comic adaptations. You're doing your, your Batman Ninja, your Gotham by Gaslight, your, um, Red Sun. It's, it's, it's primarily, uh, spinoffs, uh, Elseworlds versions of Batman, if we're being honest. And your adaptations of your, you know, Long Night, stuff like that. But then there's also a continuous, DC animated universe that mm-hmm. is like, say, the MCU or like the DC EU, but good, but good, not shitty. 
it's like really I literally think you could make a pretty solid argument that it is comparable to the MCU for DC. They it's just it, they're really good, man. Um, That's what I've heard. And like, there's a lot of them at this point. Like I said, they crank out like an easily two or three a year, it feels like. So even just since 2013 when this started, they have a solid, they must have almost 20 or 20-something 20 movies in it at this point. Um, oh, yeah. And like they do a really cool thing of just unabashedly adapting comic storylines more so than I would argue the MCU has ever done, right? Right. The MCU has a tendency to do like sort of kitbash together storylines where it's like, okay, we're doing, we're doing Iron Man 3. We're going to take stuff from extremists we're going to take stuff from um this other thing we're going to take all this bullshit and smash it together yeah make it whatever it wants whereas for these movies here for the DCU they're just like all right we're just going to do the death of superman as it appears it's going to fit into the arc timeline of the DC enemy universe so it's it's definitely different it's not a one to one of the comic but it's very close in their universe they just did death of and then they do the four superman yeah the reign of the superman yeah, they did with steel hush. and all that so they did do hush batman hush is an adaptation, obviously, of that it's a good comic. The comic of the same name, and also of, or it also fits in the time in the continuity. It it's really solid, man. Like I said, I think if you're a DC fan, um, definitely check them out. I'll be sleeping on these. They're really yeah. good. And like I said, they're on HBO. That's why I'd be watching. That's why I've been watching them. I've seen. Yeah, I'd be watching them. I'd be watching the the DC movies <laughs> on there. Um, so yeah, don't let anyone say don't don't say we never did anything for DC because I watch those a lot. I've seen almost all of them, I think. Um, some are better than others. Some of them are not great. Not. I've told you about how I uh, have a love-hate relationship with Justice League New Frontier. Yeah. I like some of that stuff. about that. It's like this edgy, dark Justice League universe where <laughs> Batman, or, uh, Wonder Woman's fighting in Nam. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Batman, Batman threatens to kill Martian Manhunter. With a box of matches because he's like, I can just kill you. Uh, so some of them are better than those, but on the whole... They're really good, and they—I don't know—I don't know how they crank out so many. It's—it's it's good animation. Yeah, yeah. the animation is really pretty. It's good. like a legit comic universe. They're just solid. Yeah. There's all the kind of Damian Wayne stuff. There's a couple Justice League one, or uh, Teen Titans ones. Yeah, it's great stuff. Now I want to say right here because I know we dug in DC a lot. It's only their movies and Zack Snyder. Like I hate those people. No, that's what I'm saying. It's only their live action movies. Yeah. If anything, like I movies, like their comics. I like DC comics. I love yeah. Green Lantern and Batman comics. Like I like all those. Comics. Oh, did we did we did have a famous ranty back and forth this week about how there's too many people in the Bat family. <laughs> oh God, there's so many of them. There's too many. Too many. How, how do they not stop Carmen Gotham? And don't tell me it's that weird demon bat that that guy no, summoned. Well, that's it. That is hell. it. No, it's the demon bat under Gotham. That's so stupid. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway. Back attack into my thing. My final thing is we're going to do Jack's Science Corner at the end of the episode. We did it once about turtles. We're doing it again about birds. So, Zach, okay. particularly interesting to you, they have discovered a condor. Do, um, fuck, I don't know how to phrase this. A condor has been found in the wild okay. uh, doing asexual reproduction and laying an egg without a male. Yeah. Like a fertilized egg? Yeah. Like it, How's that work? It works via, there's a word for it. It is um, para, parathenogenesis. Parathenogenesis. What does, can you elaborate? Uh, it's just basically where a female produces offspring using its own gametes. It takes uh-huh. two of its own gametes, which each have half of its genetic material, and it combines those without the presence of a male and creates a viable offspring. Cool. Now, this is most, and it is now has become the largest asexually reproducing organism. Yeah. The condor. It's a big animal. Oh, yeah. It's a big animal. And What kind of condor is it specifically? California condor. Oh, it's an actual, oh, my, my favorite condor. Yeah, and, and the endangered ones, which is good. That is good. Because that means they can come back in a little cool. way. And what is most interesting about that is this is also seen in lizards. And it ties into what we were talking about earlier off pod about how, contrary to popular belief, I don't think a lot of people know about this, but 
currently within the scientific community, more zoology and biology, uh, birds are classified as reptiles. Dude, any fucking sense, dude. I mean, again, like, I'm not gonna. I don't know. We this ties into a larger thing that we've we've talked about m- many many times in just in our lives. We're big science boys too. Science is all made up, man. Well, yeah, all of it's made up. Well, because you hear that and you're like, oh, what? That can't be. Rept- birds aren't reptiles. But what do those words even mean? We just arbitrarily decided what reptile even means. Yeah, we can arbitrarily arbitrarily change it if we want. Fuck it. Yeah. Why aren't birds reptiles? I guess. Well, because they share genetic similarities to dinosaurs, which are archaeosaurs, which fall within good on them. Repti- reptilia as a whole. Uh, so yeah, like lizards do it a lot, and I don't want to get too lecture, but I will. So this actually can take many forms, and I don't think I know the exact cause, but there are a lot of species of lizard that do this, and there's kind of uh, three kinds of uh, sexual hand reproduction they can do. So if there's a group of females that can do this, for like in reptiles, because that's as far as we know, mm-hmm. up until this point, like within the last week this happened, I think, literally, that... In some cases, a male has to be present. So the presence of a male pheromone, not necessarily he will fertilize these females, but mm-hmm. he will him his presence and his pheromones will trigger their biological processes to just create a, a child or an offspring. And sometimes they don't even need male; they just do it themselves, which is kind of wild. They're just some fully just, female populations of uh, lizards and uh, amphibians do it too. Sometimes they'll just do it on their own because they can. That is quite wild. Yeah, ain't it? Just nuts. See, is this where people get that uh, half baked science idea that? Women can, like human women, can reproduce without men. Which uh, is not yeah, mammals not, cannot do that. Not very accurate. Mammals cannot do this fact. Yes, people do say that. That is not correct. <laughs> people say that you can make a baby with an egg in your bone marrow. That's not how that works. Your bone marrow does not have the genetic components that it needs to make you a person, because then you're only working with half a person. Uh, hum- hum- animal- mammals just don't do that. Uh, no mammal can do that. It's just reptiles and birds, because birds are reptiles. So, and they only count as reptiles. The reason they count as reptiles, well, being so different, mm-hmm. uh, is because once your once like your ancestor is part of a group, you cannot be removed from that group. So that's why snakes are reptiles, even though they don't have any legs. Now you say that because their ancestors once had legs, and they no longer. That's why male. That's why they're mammals, but and dolphins, because you can't exclude something from a group. Now, but that means if you go back far enough, far enough, aren't we all derived from a like? I mean, I don't know if this is true. Like one species, uh, do, yeah. Do one reptiles point. and mammals do not have some common ancestor at some point? Yes, um, it's uh, amniota. So it, it's also a common misconception that the things get more complex. So like uh-huh. we start with amphibians, and amphibians become reptiles, become birds, become people. That is not true at all. That's a misconception because you know there's it goes no, both ways. Well, there's no pre-design, and also amphibians split. Yeah. So amphibians are completely separate from us with reptiles and birds because they don't have amniotic eggs like we do well amniotic eggs if anything evolution a lot of times goes for simpler because simpler is simple and easy you survive i mean obviously i i i can't say that with any certainty that is also misconception it it just it doesn't choose anything like there's no it does i know it doesn't literally choose there's not a guy well yeah there's not like someone's like well the birds gotta fly now my point is sometimes simplifying is what is oh yeah selectively chosen for there is uh there is a recently discovered jellyfish that like has evolved to have almost no doesn't doesn't use oxygen anymore. Like they just evolved mm-hmm. out of it just to survive where they are. So it can go anyway. It's just it's like a misconception that we no, kind of right. we kind of build evolution backwards, right? Using our just when we talked about side. again, just just going on the rabbit hole of like you know at some point fish or however you want. I mean, it's an oversimplification, but at some point fish got to land and, and eventually became mammals or whatever the hell because life came from the sea, right? And then mm-hmm. 
obviously at some point mammals returned to the sea and that's how we got uh, like ocean mammals like yeah. manatees and whales and shit Dolphins. that literally was like at some point uh, if you go back far enough their their ancestor was some kind of like land dwelling or like amphibious mammal of some kind that then just evolution chose it to be more in the or not again not true but whatever you just start just start hunting fish and then i was like well I'll just, just like i'm gonna stick to the water yeah it's kind of it's kind of nice in here guys it's warm and now and that, they just kind of look like fish again. <laughs> and that allows them to be so much bigger. That's why yeah. there's no... That's why big whales only exist in water because of uh, their uh, square cube law. Where every time if you square something, you have to cube its... Vo- if you square something in surface area, you have to cube its volume. Mm-hmm. So it, so its bones become like three they, times as they're dense. They're crushed under their own weight. Yeah. That's why Godzilla can only exist in the water because he's so big. His water can support him. But if he walks on land, he will literally like, like an accordion. Yeah. Gravity would kill him. That's why you can't have like big... Big insects. Well, that's oxygen. Like fall out. That's oxygen. Well, they don't have enough. Vo- that's the other part of it. Or like crustaceans. Well, no. I, well, no. You couldn't have a massive crab because it wouldn't. It just doesn't work. Yeah, it runs out of energy. It needs energy to keep molting. Because uh, lobsters can get super big, but the reason they die is that they don't have enough energy to make their body aren't, bigger. Aren't lobsters immortal or whatever? Uh, ostensibly, yes. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, if you just powered a lobster forever and it never ran out of energy... It would just keep getting bigger because it would keep molting. The only re- yeah, the only reason they die is because they become so old they cannot produce enough energy to get any bigger. They literally cannot do it. That actually ties back to the beginning of the show when we talked about references to Stormlight Archives. In the Stormlight Archives, that take place on a planet which is like the primary life on that planet is crustaceans, horrible, horrible crustacean monsters. And it's a horrible place. Friend of Sando, when writing that, he must have read up on his stuff. Because he addresses that crustaceans can act cannot actually be that large. It does not work physically. So part of that universe is that the magic system is working to allow <laughs> them to get that, that big. big. I didn't know that. That's funny. The crustaceans have spren of their own that keep them. Oh really? Big. Yeah. <laughs> is there a crab spren society? Yeah, they're called crab spren. <laughs> well, they're not called crab. They're called like chasm spren and stuff. That's very funny. It's good stuff. I like that. Maybe I read those books. There you go. So yeah, that's all I had. Got anything else? Nope. All right, I guess we'll end it here. I'm glad you came to our Marvel comic book science talk, <laughs> as we always love to do. Anything and everything, folks. But anyway, as always, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Akatak with J&Z. As always, you can find us at Twitter and at Gmail at Jazz, Jazz at gmail.com for our email. So as you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Amazon slash Audible. And, uh, you know, email us. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. If you hey, if you email us wanting to put up posters, I'll email you the poster. Put it everywhere <laughs> you want to go, especially if you go to a college of some kind or someplace of high traffic. Yeah, uh, tweet about us. Um, yeah, just interact with us any way you can. If you're a bus driver, potentially. Oh, definitely that. Just leave it on every seat of your bus every day. Yeah, or just paper it on the walls. If you're a teacher, maybe you could forcibly um, play it out as in in assign us as homework. Oh, that'd be good, dude. Imagine if we were a class. <laughs> How crazy are these people? <laughs> it's just a, it's just like a psychology you, class the insanity of men of white men <laughs> first we think oh it'll, it'll be some some great media analysis class no 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 psychology mm-hmm. listen to the yell listen to the intro of, it's just the intro of this episode actually medical students like can you diagnose what is physically wrong <laughs> with these men just by the sounds of their voices and the screams that they produce Anyway, not to get off the, I'll always get off the rails with these endings. <laughs> but our logo is done by a friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. Oh, and you can find him at ingocean.jpg uh, and at Redbubble to buy some of his merch. 
Uh, something actually I want to say at the end of the show here, right as we wrap up, uh, we're going to start. We only put, we used to put something episodes. I used to put the episodes on YouTube every week, the full episodes. Nobody likes that. Nobody listens to them. It's kind of a hassle to put hour long episodes. So, what we're going to start doing is we're going to pick one clip from every episode and put it on YouTube for the, that clip for the week. Um, we're not going to delete any of the videos. But, listeners, if any of those 14 episodes that are already fully on YouTube, if you have any clip that you want us to take off and put on, tell us and then we'll do it. Also, you might start a TikTok just putting sounds up. We don't yeah. know how to do that. It's hard because we don't have. We don't have an, a visual medium. Think, well, We're, that and, uh, yeah, because we don't film ourselves or anything. And there's not a lot or really any parts of the show that are easily digestible as TikToks. Because those are like one to three minute videos max. Yeah, we could just put, we might just put our openings on there every week. Yeah, just for the heck of it. The insanity that those are. And hey, if we go, it'll be wild if I open Instagram and there's a TikTok of my voice over some mental health thing or someone hating their parents. <laughs> <laughs> with a read the caption on their fucking thing. Too deep? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I didn't really know what you meant by that. Is that the kind of TikToks you get? Mental health TikToks? I, on Instagram, that's all I fucking see. As long as I see them about teachers or about oh. like, look at this crazy fact. I hate them all. I don't They're like kinda, TikTok. Either kind of goofy or make you angry. Yeah, there's ones that make me angry. I've gotten biblical scholars recently. I, I, about that. I got a paleontologist guy. Well, I like paleontology. I'm a, I'm a big yeah. paleontology boy. So. All right, anyway, <laughs> we're actually on the show there. Um, God. What a mess. <laughs> Good God. Maybe that class should come sooner than we thought. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, and as always, we wrote it. We produced it. We built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. Godspeed.